0: Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service which is already underway and listen to the message. This past week, Ohio was unmasked. Governor DeWine... Rescinded most of the health orders that had been placed on us for almost a year. For many, the most notable recension was the requirement to wear a mask in most places. And I have to confess, this week I struggled a little bit. I have mask in my pocket for days. Not sure what I'm supposed to do with these, and there's still some places that require it in Ohio, and there are still some good reasons to wear masks from time to time. But today I want to celebrate and speak on the subject unmasked. There was a man I read about recently who wore a mask. He wore it because people were afraid. And he took it off only when he wasn't around people. His name was Moses. He came out of Egypt with the children of Israel, came out under the mighty hand of God, brought them Out of captivity, this large number of people, some estimate a million or so people, come out of Egypt, and Moses is responsible to lead them. So he leads them for a series of days and months and finally gets them to this place called Mount Sinai. You may have heard of Mount Sinai, it's pretty famous even in culture. The place where God gave Moses as he went into the mountain the Ten Commandments. And most people have heard of the Ten Commandments. And so it was during his time up in the mountain that Moses experienced the power and presence of God. To such a degree that there were lightnings and thunder and trumpets. And it was an incredible time with God. He was up there for a period of time and so long, in fact, that the children of Israel who were waiting for him to come down off the mountain began to get concerned because they couldn't figure out why. Why was he not coming back? What had happened to him? And so you can read the account in Exodus where... They finally decide, you know what, we're going to have to figure out our own way. So they build, built what's called the, the golden calf. And the golden calf, they began to worship. And finally, Moses comes down the mountain and he has the Ten Commandments, those tablets of stone. And he sees and he hears what's going on, becomes angry, ultimately throws those Ten Commandments to the ground and breaks them he melts down the calf and he is angry and finally comes to the point where God's going to say, let's do this again. Let's try this again. And so, he's going to go back up the mountain and there again, God is going to meet with him. He's going to this time Moses is responsible to, to take stone and God is going to write again those commandments in stone. And so we read in Exodus 34. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to follow along with me. and Maybe pull out a pen and highlight some verses in your Bible. Exodus 34 verse 29 says, Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai. So this is the second time now. The two tablets of testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. As he talked with God, God's power and presence began to radiate on the body of Moses. And he didn't realize what was happening, but he was being transformed. In verse 30, it says, when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them as commandments all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. Verse 33, you can highlight that. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. I don't know if it looked like this. I don't know what it looked like. Most likely it was something that, just in case, just in case, I can't do this, I'm sorry. And so when Moses finished speaking, it says he put a veil on his face. He masked his face. And when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. So when he went in before God, he pulled the mask off. And he talked with God. And God talked with him. But when he came out, He put the veil back on his face. And he would come out and he would speak to the children of Israel, whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with God few things I want us to consider today as it pertains to this passage. First, being with God changed Moses' identity. Being in the presence of God changed him. Moses' face shone from the presence of God. That word shone in the Hebrew literally meant like Beams of light shooting forth. It's related to the Hebrew term horn. Or it would send out rays. It wasn't just a glowing like you would have something glow in the dark. It was rays. It's like driving your car and somebody coming the other way has their high beams on. It's the ray that says, wait a second, that's a little bit bright. You ever sat in the sun and realized, I can't see anything you start seeing spots that's what the word shown in the hebrew is uh uh, insinuating it's it's saying that it was more than just a glow it was bright light that was beaming out of moses this is what they were experiencing but i want us to understand today because it's true for our lives today. That being in the presence of God changes you. It changes me. Moses was fasting and praying. He was in the presence of God. He was talking with God and it changed him. Some of you need a change in your life. You need God to do some amazing things. And I'll tell you, if you'll get in the presence of God and stay in the presence of God, God will change some things in your life. I know we say it, but there's something powerful about personal prayer. There's something powerful about fasting and being in the presence of God. It changes who you are. And you can't be in a relationship with God. You can't be in the presence of God without it affecting you. The second thing for us to consider is that the change in us is not always pleasant. To others around us. What did this change in Moses do to others? We read it. 34 verse 30. Behold the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid. To come near him. It created a sense of fear. It created this sense of. We need to stay distant. Because when they saw Moses, they began to see God. They began to see something otherworldly. And for many, it scared them. When God starts changing us and transforming us and making us more like him, it can make others uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Change in you. Some of you know this very, very much in your life. You've had this happen to you. Where when you began to surrender to God, people around you got uncomfortable. You could have done all kinds of horrible things and they would have been comfortable to be around you. But the moment you started surrendering your life to God, the moment you started letting God dictate who you were and what you did, people got uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that, that we should just make people uncomfortable for the sake of making them uncomfortable. You need to be wise as serpent, harmless as dove. But understand today that when you draw near to God, when you start letting your life be impacted by the power and presence of God, not everybody's going to celebrate it. Not everybody's going to be cheering you on. Why? Because it reveals something in them. Anytime we get around the presence of God, it shines a light in our life and it reveals things in us. That's why coming to church is so important and so powerful. Because you put yourself in a position for God's power and presence to shine a light in your heart. And so, change in you can create fear in others. Thirdly, I want us to consider Moses' response to their fear. When the people became afraid, Moses decided he would help them. Moses had finished speaking with them. We read this. He put a veil on his face. He chose to cover who he was and what God was doing. So that those around him could feel comfortable. But when Moses would get into the presence of God. He would take the veil off. I find tension in that. Because there's something about this that we need to understand for ourselves. That if you are ever going to experience God in all that he is, you have to take off the mask. You have to take off the things in your life that keep you from being open before God. It's that principle that if we want to experience God, that we have to humble ourselves before him. We have to be honest. We have to be open. We have to take off the mask. And that's why repentance is so powerful. Repentance, that decision that you make in your life that you're going to turn towards God. It's a confession that, you know what, I can't do this on my own. I can't make it on my own. It's a confession that I need God. It's a humbling experience to have to pull off the veil before God. Because you've lived your whole life with a mask. You've lived your whole life with a veil that you created. It's your identity. It's who you are. It's what you think of yourself. It's your history. But I'm telling you, if you're going to experience God, you're going to have to take it off and say, God, I want to be who you need me to be. I'm not just going to live who I want to be. I need to be who you need me to be. And so today in this room, I tell you, you can come to this altar and you can throw your mask down. You can throw your veil down and say, God, I need you today. I need you today. And I tell you what, there's a God who is so close and he'll respond to you. He's not afraid of your history. He's not afraid of your past. He's not afraid of your mistakes. He's not afraid of your veil. Oh, hallelujah. He's not afraid of your identity. Moses, Moses, when he came out to the people, after experiencing the power and presence of God to make people feel comfortable, he put on that veil. It would be easy to justify Moses and say, you know what, he was doing it for the people's sake. However, I looked, I tried to find it, and feel free to correct me after service. But I cannot find where the people requested him to wear a veil. It did not ask him to wear a veil. But I tell you, you can look back on a passage of Scripture when he met them the first time when he met God the first time in Mount Sinai the first time it says in Exodus 20 verse 18 it says now all the people witnessed the thunderings the lightning flashes the sound of the trumpet and the mountain was smoking and when the people saw it they trembled and stood afar off and then they said to Moses you speak with us And we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. Watch what Moses says. Moses said to the people that first time, he said, do not fear, for God has come to test you. And that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. Moses recognized there was something valuable about the awe and reverence of God. But when he came back that second time, they had built a golden calf. And I, I, I don't want to speculate and put too much in Scripture, but I find it ironic that after that second time, I don't know if Moses was motivated by, you know what, I don't want these people to mess up again. I, I don't want them to create fear in them again. So let me just hide my face this time. What he missed out on, and I believe, is that he did a disservice to those people. Because ultimately, ultimately, he hides his face. He keeps them from having the necessary component to stay away from sin. And that was the fear of God. He hid himself to comfort them. But what he did is he kept them from experiencing the fear of God. And what happened in the first time was uh, he said that it was so that they would stay away from sin. That the fear of God comes into your life so you'll stay away from sin. But this time he hid it from them. And so he, I believe, did a disservice to them by hiding the power of God that was in his life Sure, Moses was trying to be nice I'll wear this veil Because people get uncomfortable But you'll never see where God told him to put on the veil The people didn't ask for it And God didn't tell him to do it He was just trying to make people feel comfortable I want to help us today The greatest thing this world needs is not for you to hide in a corner, for you to hide your Christianity somewhere and act like you're not a Christian. This world needs you to shine in this world. Yeah, it's going to make some people uncomfortable. Yeah, they're not going to know how to relate to you. But that's what this world needs. If they're going to find Jesus, we've got to share the light of the gospel with them. Oh, hallelujah. And we do people a disservice when we mask our lives, when we shield our lives that are just completely transformed by God, when we shield it from people, we do them a disservice. Because what I realize and I hope to convey, convey today is that God desires to reveal himself to people, He does not try to hide himself. God is not looking to create a secret society. He's not trying to have some stealthy language that only a few speak. uh, Some clandestine codes or some cloak and dagger handshakes. No, God's not trying to create something in a back room somewhere so only a few can have it. No, he's wanting everyone that wants it to receive the power and presence of God. God is looking to let his glory fill the earth And you and I are a part of his glory filling the earth Our job is not to determine who likes the light Our responsibility is just to share the light We're not meant to determine who actually likes the light or not We're just meant to share the light with others God wants to reveal himself in this world. Everything about Jesus points to the idea that God desires to be known. Everything about Christianity and who Jesus was points to the idea that God wants to be known. John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everyone say, was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend or overcome it. Light shines in darkness. From the very beginning, God said, I'm going to create light day one. I'm going to make myself known day one. I'm going to reveal myself day one. And so John chapter 1 verse 14 tells us in the word, that word is logos, the thought, uh, the thought of God became flesh, revealed to humanity, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We sometimes say that God was robed in flesh. We understand the word picture, but the Bible never says that God was robed in flesh. We'll just let it sink there for a minute. I probably said it. But to robe something is to cover it or change its identity. The Bible doesn't say Jesus was God robed in flesh. It does say, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God became visible through the flesh. God didn't change himself and become flesh. God became visible through the flesh. He was justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. I want to tell you today, God was made visible through Jesus Christ. God was not trying to stay hidden, but he wanted to become visible, to be made known. And so he was manifest in the flesh. The invisible God became Visible Colossians 1:15, He Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And God wants to reveal Himself to you. That veil in the temple that hid God from the people was torn in two when Jesus died on the cross because God wanted to be visible and experienced by all. And so I conclude in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul looks back to Moses' mask. He looks back to Moses' mask wearing in the law that Moses received on Mount Sinai. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 7, you can get your Bibles and write this verse down, write Exodus 34 next to it. But if the ministry of death, the ministry of death, that is the law, written and engraved on stones was glorious, it was glorious, it was amazing, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Paul is telling us that if you thought what Moses experienced on the mountain was something, that the ministry of the Spirit is way more glorious, way more powerful, way more amazing. So he continues in verse 9. For if the ministry of condemnation, the law, had glory... The ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For when what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels, meaning the, the spirit. For, it, for if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. In other words, we make it known and visible to you. Moses did them a disservice, in my opinion, by veiling what God was and who he was to him. But watch verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When one turns to the Lord, when one bows their knee in repentance, uh, the veil is torn. It's taken away. Now, watch this next verse now. Why would the veil be taken away? Now, the Lord is the Spirit. The Lord, Jesus, is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, hallelujah. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you receive the Lord, you receive Jesus, you receive God made visible. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And if you have not experienced that transforming power of God today, you can experience the Lord liberating your life. Oh, hallelujah. And so Paul said, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of The Lord. God wants to reveal Himself to us through His Spirit. When you receive the Spirit of God, you receive all of God. You do not receive one third of God, you receive all of God. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If the Lord has free reign, there is liberty. If the Lord is able to to control your life, there is liberty. If you're able to be baptized in his spirit, you'll find liberty. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You receive all of God when you receive the spirit. Colossians 2.9 For in him, Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and powers. I conclude today, would you stand with me? Paul said, there is one body and there is one spirit. Just as we, as you, were called in one hope of your calling. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one God and Father of all who is above all, who is through all, and who is in all. And we can hide behind a lot of things in our lives. I tell you today, mask wearing didn't begin in 2020. We've been wearing masks for a long time. We get our identity from the world. We get our identity from our desires. We get our identity from our family history. We get our identity from past experiences. And we wear masks. We walk around in places and people. And we make them comfortable. We make them comfortable we get into services and we take off our mask and when we go back out we put our mask back on because we don't want to offend and again I'm not telling us today to go around and be cruel to go around and just make a make a bunch of edgy remarks so we can say we're preaching the gospel but if God has impacted you God has changed your life don't let anything hide that fact I found this psalm, Psalm chapter 34 I felt it compelling to read I sought the Lord and he answered me he delivered me from all my fears Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never, it says here their faces are not ashamed, but in the NIV it says their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. Those who look to God are radiant. They're radiant. Their faces are no longer covered with shame. I believe the Lord wants to deliver some people in this room. You have not repented of your sins. Today, I implore you to find a place to pray and surrender your life, surrender your veil to an almighty God who has better things in store for you. If you have never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have one baptism today. I'm so excited. If you want to be baptized today, you can be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But I really implore somebody today, if you have not experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that when we receive the Holy Spirit, when it came in the book of Acts, People began to speak in another tongue, another language. They didn't understand. That's scary. Yes, it is. But it's God's way of saying, you know what? I'm in control. I'm in control now. And people all over this room have had that experience where God begins to overtake them. Not in a way that's scary. But I guarantee you just about everybody who's had that experience leaves feeling like it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I think about people in this church, always think about testimonies. Think about Sean Hickey today. Sean, I saw Sean earlier. Over here. There we go, you moved on me. His life was dark and he'll be the first to tell you that. Life was very dark, veiled by a lot of things. Oppression, depression. Things in his life that were so dark. The power of God has begun to shine through him. And he took that veil off and he said, I'll surrender everything to God. And we know we... Appreciate his music and all those things that he does But him and Tammy Lane start, Started Celebrate Recovery just a, a Few weeks ago, a few months ago Why? Because he realized that keeping the veil On wasn't helping anybody But if he could let the light of God's presence and power Shine through him, that's what's Really going to make a difference I think of my friend Wellington here Today, Wellington, r- raise your hand he doesn't like me to pick on him or tell stories about him, but he's just one of my heroes of faith. I have to confess that because I've watched his life over the really the last probably seven, eight years or so where he came from some dark things in his life and he gave me permission to share some drugs and alcohol and things in his life that were controlling him. But he took that veil off. It was a process for him, but he took that veil off. And today I watch him. He ministers to people all over, ministers to people all over the world. He sends, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get into his business or do anything, but he sends money all over the world. He sends money to South America, to, to Mexico. He sends money to Africa to help build churches all over. He started the Spanish Bible study in his home at our church. He's been very generous to our church. He plowed our snow this year. He mowed our grass all last year. But I'm telling you that when you can ever get rid of this veil, where you hold on to your identity and who you think you are in your past, if you could ever get rid of it, I'm telling you that this world will be impacted by your life.